Welcome back to the Always Aggressive Podcast. Corey Paul Tanner lifts it in. Head coach Tony Ursland joining us, uh, uh, well, as we do every Wednesday uh, for for our show. Guys, great to see you. Uh, we're another week into this thing, and, and I know uh, we're, we're kind of uh, flipping the calendar a little bit forward today. Uh, we're going to be very recruiting heavy uh, on the show today, talking about the, uh, the class uh, the the, the most recent class rounding out and, and sort of what the future looks like. So let's dig right into it. Uh, a couple guys, a couple letters uh, coming in in the last 24, 36 hours. Uh, Coach, where do we stand? Yeah, you know, what we really tried to do at the end here was was add, uh, add some depth into the room and get some what we think is really um, – good talent but maybe it's still a little bit raw for some of these guys you know we definitely see these guys as their best days are definitely ahead of them when you put them in a good room and, and, and force them to kind of scrap and fight every day um you know we had a couple guys as you mentioned dorian keys is one um you know who's who's been committed for a while but we just got all of his paperwork done uh, and in the barn you know a heavyweight with an interesting story obviously does really well on the uh, the gridiron as well all-state football player uh, but fairly new to wrestling you know very young the, la- the past couple of years in his career and has already won a state title and and been third so just really excited uh, somebody like Dorian who's still very very raw and new to the sport but has shown great promise so um, you know he's a guy at heavyweight who's definitely gonna gonna help us and, and grow and develop so we look forward to his uh, his presence in the room and then we had another one uh, you know 195 pounder in high school uh, Mitchell Hutmacher from Illinois um, a couple time state place winner uh, another young man who's who's really been um you know showing a lot of upside i guess to his wrestling good athlete strong kid physical guy um that we think you know can can really grow and develop as well so that along with the guys that we've kind of talked about in the past um should really round out a nice class but actually i i i i, I want to bring in one other guy too that we talked about earlier uh, isaac riddle though out of wisconsin another young man who uh a strong student engineer from Wisconsin um, has done some really good things placing in the state tournament up there in the past, you know, another young man at 152 pounder like this class, you know, we've got some really good um, highly ranked kids, right. Um, and then we've got some other guys who I think are going to have their presence felt over the years here at Purdue wrestling kind of on the back end. Well, and coach, we also got in uh, late, late last week, right after the show, we got a uh, McCartney Parkinson's, NLI as well from uh, down from modern day in Evansville. That's right. You know, I, I forgot that that came in late enough where we didn't get to talk about him. But uh, another, you know, a great kid, um, modern day, very strong program, you know, comes out of a, a strong uh, club as well. Uh, Mauer Coughlin down there. Uh, they consistently turn out really good kids. You know, the Lee boys who are at Penn State now from that club, just a lot of kids we could talk about from Mauer Coughlin in modern day. So comes out of a, a very strong program. And I think he understands the work ethic um, of what's needed. Needed, you know, to excel and to grow and develop at, at this level. And so, uh, yeah, really excited to welcome McCartney uh, to this team. You know, all great additions, in my opinion. Good kids, stand for the right things, good students. Uh, and I think they're going to add tremendously and, and grow and develop themselves while they're doing that. So a couple fun notes about some of these guys, Coach, that let you let you comment. Um, our guy, Dorian Keys. you know, you, you, you started with him, heavyweight. Um, kid won. Went 88 and five in two seasons at high school. Didn't wrestle as a freshman or sophomore. Was at Ben Davis down in Indianapolis. Um, transferred to Brownsburg. 
uh, wrestled for our guy Kyle Ayersman down there. Yeah. And uh, proceeded to win a state title in his first year back in wrestling and then finished third as a senior, um, all while setting Brownsburg's sacks record on the, on the football field. <laughs> and oh, I didn't um, realize that stat. Oh, that's a great yeah. stat. Yeah, had seven, what, seven and a half sacks as a junior, set the school sack record. So that was pretty impressive. All state, all conference, all county, Indiana all-star. Um, yep. Kid's obviously a pretty, pretty solid athlete. Um, but like you said, really new to the sport. Hasn't, uh, hasn't done a ton of wrestling. Um, what does that kind of offer up for the future? You know, uh, everything, you know, you look for like skill sets, right? And, and for me, heavyweights, you know, if they can move their feet and they can maintain activity, you know, they're not just a big guy who's going to lean on another guy. That's what I really like. I like those heavyweights that have great feet and then are always in shape enough to wrestle hard for the, the full six minutes in high school or seven in college, obviously. And everything we hear about Dorian, obviously as an athlete, you can tell the kid can move his feet and, uh, and is a pretty good athlete. But then we hear he's, he's a very hard worker, a mat rat. Um, obviously all of the coaches down there Brownsburg speak very highly of him, you know, Coach Jairsman included, who we know very well. So, no, I think we've got a, a really a raw kid there, but has shown tremendous promise, especially at that weight class. You know, if you're a pretty good athlete, you know, uh, I think you can really do something at that weight. So uh, we're, we're excited to see how he really grows and develops with us. Well, I, know you were be saying, really I know you were Go saying ahead, before, the, before the call, he's a little bit undersized. He's a little you know, not prototypical height coming in right yeah. around six foot, right? Uh, it, it, it speaks to his athleticism in a big, big way that he can play at an all-state football level at six foot, that he can be a difference maker defensive tackle who sets sack records at six feet tall. That is really hard to do in big school, you know, football in Indiana or, or really any state. Um, I love that. That, that speaks – to his athleticism and his, and his work ethic more than anything, I think. Yeah. And, um, you know, you've, you've seen with us probably over the past few years too, right. That, um, it's all sizes and shapes here. I mean, Thomas Panola stepped in and did a great job for us. Now, obviously Thomas is going to go back down to 197. Mm -hmm. That's, that's at least the plan right now for the foreseeable future. And, and Thomas did a very good job. So in, in Dorian, you have a bigger version of, of Thomas, a kid who can still really move his feet, uh, a good athlete. And from everything we hear, like I said, his work habits are, are very strong, which is what's necessary. You know, once you have those necessary skill sets, man, you have to have the work ethic. It, it's just not enough to be talented. Very few guys, you know, in the Big Ten, you know, Big Ten wrestling being as tough as it is, can just get by on talent. So you got to have that work ethic. And what we hear is he has a very strong work ethic to go along with that, those good feet. Yeah, had some D1 scholarship offers in football. Um, so, you know, the fact that he opted for wrestling, I think, says a lot. Um, and uh, a good student as well. Kid had like a, you know, I, I read somewhere like a 3.4 GPA, wants to study uh, sociology and finance, thinking about going pre-law. So, um, you know, exciting stuff around that guy. Yeah, you know, and then academics obviously is priority one. You know, I, I've, I often say, you know, if school is 1A, getting your degree is 1A and wrestling is 1B, they're that closely linked, right? They have to be in importance. But school is, is, is the number one priority, and you've got to have, you know, that, uh, that drive to get that degree. And, uh, and certainly he's, he's shown he can handle the workload, and I think he's going to, like I said, he'll be an all-around great addition to the team. Uh, McCartney Parkinson, you know, moving right along. 
He uh, wrestled 182 his senior year, went 38-3, made the state, made, you know, made the state tournament. Um, had a little bit of bad luck. You know, we, we talked a little bit before the show about how the Indiana State tournament's a little funky. Got a really tough first-round matchup. Uh, another, you know, we can't, can't name names per se, but another guy who's going to be in the Big Ten and, and signed a Division One scholarship. Um, but uh, because of the injuries and the way it's set up, Coach, you could probably explain this a little better than I can. He got injured in the semi-states and, and drew into – you know, the guy who won, because McCartney won his semi-state. Yeah, the, the, you know, it's a formula, right? They don't seed, um, per se. So it's a formula depending on whether you win or, you know, won or lost at your semi-state. And so it's just, you're just plugged into the bracket. And, uh, you know, the way it worked out, McCartney drew into the, the young man who eventually won the state title, right? Um, you know, very good kid in his own right, too. And uh, Indiana rules, high school association rules, don't allow for wrestlebacks in the first round. So if you lose first round, you're out, you know, that Friday night round, it's, it's a winner go home situation. And, uh, you know, he, he gave actually the state champ, I think his toughest match of the tournament. If I recall, I mean, that was an overtime match. Razor thin margins. Yeah. So, um, you know, certainly and we, you know, it's not always just results. We've talked about it, right guys. It's, it's, it's the process and your skill sets and work ethic and mindset and all of these things go into that. It's just not a straight result. And, and we're going to talk more about recruiting here in a little bit anyway, which we'll tie into that. But, you know, in, in McCartney, we definitely see somebody who, who is, is, is talented. And like I said, comes from a great program and understands the work ethic required where, you know, we we're excited to see what he can become, you know, in a, in a good room, you know, he has a passion for the sport and wants to keep going with it. So uh, we're definitely uh, happy to have him to the room and he's, he's a welcome addition. Should be exciting. He is uh, plans on majoring in engineering, which uh, means he's not dumb, which is exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm amazed. I'm amazed by the fact you know kids like Nate Lemix and and uh, you know some of these guys coming in that you know uh, Ethan Smiley. These kids that can handle the full load and um, still still turn out you know incredible GPAs and brutal programs. Yeah. I think it's 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 incredible. No doubt it is. It takes uh, a lot of, uh, you know, well, work, right? I just, I can't get around it, but you got to have passion. And that's why we, you know, when you talk about skill sets and those kinds of things and, you know, Tanner, you've sat in on our end of the year meetings, man, you're always looking at where a kid's passion is for the sport. If you don't have it, it's a tough deal, you know, because to study late at night after you've already been through maybe two tough workouts during the day is, is a heck of a load. But if you've got a passion for what you're doing, right, a passion for getting that degree or a passion to be an All-American national champ, you'll do it. You know, you'll sacrifice and you'll make the necessary adjustments. And, and that's what you see in these kids. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll fight for what they want. And, and we certainly think every young man that we're talking about today has that passion and wants to be pushed in those ways. One thing I think it's fun with, with uh, top-end students like that, it, they're just as competitive in the classroom as they are on the mat sometimes and and they will they will get into some fun back and forths about grades and who's smarter and who performs better you know with it within those engineering programs and stuff it's 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 pretty fun to watch yeah no great competitors compete in all things and in all ways usually right and that's what you're looking for great great competitors so we certainly hope that's the case for every one of these young men Corey, you'll love this fun note. I did a little, doing a little internet reading on our guys here. Yeah. Uh, McCartney Parkinson was, in fact, named after Paul McCartney, the Beatle. Hmm. <laughs> well, and okay. 
from okay. what I hear too, from uh, um, from Indiana Matt, the kid, he he's he must be sharp as a you know razor sharp on his um, trivia too, because uh, there was a comment that said I'm not going to get any trivia right after this because McCartney sounds like he's the guy who wins all of the trivia questions that they ask. So uh, sounds like another historian of the sport as well. Love it. Absolutely. I'm more, uh, of, a, I'm more of a Rolling Stones guy myself. But, you, know. <laughs> you are a Stones guy, that's true. <laughs> Mitch Hutmacher. Uh, Mitch Hutmacher coming to us from Illinois. Um, two-time state place winner uh, over there at 2A, I believe. Um, another dual sport athlete. Guy, uh, guy played varsity football, played fullback, and uh, looked like defensive line yep. uh, for, for Glenwood. Um, did, a lot of, did a lot of good stuff. Um, Second place as a junior, went 42-1, and one, lost in the state finals. Um, yep. And then senior year was rolling, was undefeated, uh, got hurt in the semi-state, had to default the championship match at semi-state, and then still found his way out on the podium, took, uh, took sixth. Yep. Yeah, showed a lot of character. Showed a lot of character. I mean, yeah, you know, he, like I said, he was, he was pretty dinged up at the end of the year there. Uh, unfortunate, but still found a way to play, still competed. You know, and like I said, you, you need that kind of uh, character and that kind of mindset because you don't always get to compete under the circumstances you want, certainly in college. You know, and we saw that with Christian Bruner. We've, we've talked about that a lot. You know, it doesn't always work out the way you want it to. And so, uh, yeah, you know, proud of him, proud of Mitch and, and how he's responded. And we think he is a great student of the sport and really excited about opportunities to get better so that's the thing you know there, there's some guys right we talk about maybe being raw is the best way I can use it but you know passion for the sport uh, kind of some of the skill sets they bring to the table already just naturally uh, yeah I think they're they're going to really add to like I said the room some cool stuff about Mitch that uh, I watched the other day um, has not dabbled in freestyle and you know freestyle and Greco much um, again you know, because he's a two-sport athlete, it looks like he might be a little bit raw, hasn't hasn't done the wrestling thing full-time. Um, I know that's always exciting when you see a guy who's got some really good tools and then you get to college, you get a chance to focus and really try to push all those to the forefront. Um, but uh, he, uh, you know, watched some interviews with him. He did, he did some, some, some interviews online and a pretty well-spoken kid as far as his craft and, and what he's got going on. So... I think it's going to be uh, – I think it's fun to, to get him into the room. Yeah, listen, I like multi-sport athletes, and, and I understand we're in a day and age of specialization, so we recruit a lot of kids. That's all they do is they wrestle. You know, and, and I love that, too, because it shows commitment. But I still think there's something to be said for a multi-sport athlete these days, uh, especially a guy who plays football, because it doesn't interfere as much with your, your out-of-season wrestling. But you're learning how to compete. And, and to me, that's a big deal. You want kids who understand how to compete and have been in a number of different situations, you know, as a competitor, you know, and so I think that's, that's what we're going to get. We might get some kids where from a wrestling standpoint, yeah, they're a little rough around the edges. That's okay. We can teach kids how to wrestle, but if you understand how to compete, how to work, uh, you know, you're going to, you're going to do well in our room. We feel very strongly about that. We, we can teach kids how to wrestle, but man, you want kids that understand how to work and that are great competitors. Mitch planning on going into construction management technology, following in the line of guys like Parker Phileas and Max Lyon that are that are studying in some of those fields. Um, That's a you know, great. We got, we got, we've had a lot of guys come through the program in, in yeah. that in that vein and and come out and get some really good jobs. Logan Brown comes to mind, yep. a guy who was a BCM 
uh, building construction management major and uh, has done really well for himself. Uh, yeah. after college. I think Corey just said it, man. It's a great major. I mean, it's just another long line of you know, Purdue majors that are strong, but I mean, those kids, you know, they, they have jobs right away coming out, you know, they they get internships while they're in college and then they get great jobs when they're done. It's, it's a very strong major uh, for kids who uh, want to go into that field. And you see, I mean, this is a little off topic, but you see a lot of kids who have those engineering uh, kind of tendencies um, and they flow into that major as well because maybe they're not just straight civil engineering or mechanical, but there's a lot of engineering like qualities in that uh, BCM, you know, major. So it, it works well for those guys. And last but certainly not least, uh, Isaac Riddle, you know, comes to us from uh, Jake Souflon's great state of Wisconsin. Yep. Yep. Um, he he loves his cheese heads, as does Corey. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's, he's got, you know, he, he, he's been committed to us for a while. We couldn't talk about him for a while just because yep. um, he's going to walk on. Um, but, you know, he's done well at Freestyle State, uh, won 43 matches as a senior, uh, got on the state podium up there once, um, and, and another guy that wants to go into engineering. So, yep. I mean, you know, sounds like he's got a lot of really good competitive juices he's bringing as well. No doubt. And, um, you know, it's, it's not always about where you start, right? We, everybody that's coming to us, you know, is starting at different levels. I mean, every kid, nobody starts at exactly the same spot, right? With their experiences, their talent levels, work ethic, whatever it might be, you know, high school situation they're in. And, and what we were really, um, you know, impressed with Isaac is, you know, the kid uh, has a passion. He has a strong work ethic. Uh, and, and obviously he's a great student. There's a good fit with Purdue, our academics, what we uh, expect in the room, you know what I mean? And the character of the kids that, that we want. And so I thought that uh, Isaac was going to be a very strong addition for us in all of those respects. And then, you know, Hey, once they get here, it's up to them. How far do they want to take it? How far can they do, do they want to go? You know, cause we'll take them as far as, as they want to go. You know, and, uh, you know, our job is to create the environment and give them the resources and their job, man, is they still got to do the heavy lifting, right? It's still uh, on them. And that's the, the great thing about the sport. You know, it, you know, team sports are awesome. Don't get me wrong. I love football and team sports too, but Hey man, you know, it's in your hands. It's always in your hands. Let's, let's take this as far as you want to go. And, and I'm here for them to help them do that. So, uh, definitely, you know, thought in, in Isaac that we had a young man who was going to be really committed and, and passionate about what his goals are. Fun note about Jason, his, or Isaac, his dad, Jason, um, wrestled, uh, down at Rose Holman here in yep. Indiana. So, They've got some. They've got some Indiana background, and uh, it's nice to see Isaac come back to the state and, and wrestle the same state as Dad did. That's pretty cool. Absolutely. Um, so that's the class as it stands, Coach. There's. It looks like by my count, there's eight of them. Uh, well, you know, can't forget our, you know, Garrett Ninehouse, Jake Rundell, yep. uh, Trey Crucy, who we've already talked about, Cooper Nori. Um, yep. All in all, uh, a great class and has been recognized as such nationally by a lot of the publications. Uh, Flow had us ranked number 13. Uh, Intermat had the recruiting class ranked number 20. And uh, our guy Willie Saylor over at Matt Scouts had us at number 22. Um, you know, pretty – it's obviously, you know, you look back and you got to see – you, you got to look back at it five years from now and see what it says. Yep. But um, – always a great thing when other people are recognizing that you're getting the right kids. 
Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't recruit by numbers. You know that that'll let you down more times than it than it helps you. But as you said, it's it's good recognition for the program, and then you know what's being backed up is the performance on the mat, right? I mean, you can look at yeah, four of the last five classes have been ranked. And obviously with the year that we had, you know, with all Americans and, and Big Ten tournament placings and those things, that obviously that talent is developing and growing and coming to fruition. So it, it, I guess when you take a step back, you look at it all together. Yeah, there's, there's evidence there that, that these guys are doing a good job. They're, they're coming here, they're growing, developing, and accomplishing a lot. And we really look forward to that continuing because these last couple classes are strong as well. You know, I mean, well into the next five, you know, five or six years. I think it's really cool to hear you say development. Corey and I were talking the other day, and I, I want to—I kind of want to hear his take on this. Um, we were talking about some guys that have come through the program that you know have been you know regarded well, but not maybe as well as they could have. You know, you look at Dylan Lighty, who was unranked in every in every service. Um, you know, they went back and re-ranked the class of of 2015, or or what you know his, his recruiting class, and the guy went from unranked to a top 25 mm-hmm. ranked recruit. Yep. across the board um you look at two guys like uh Devin Schroeder and Christian Bruner who were I believe both ranked between 90 and 100 in their respective classes you know and you look at everything that they've done and they've accomplished they're you know they're they're clearly better you know yep. they've, they've developed they've gone you know they came in that low and now they're some of the time you know a Big Ten runner-up and a four-time NCAA qualifier All-American and and yep. uh you know they've they've made moves and so, you know, it, like, you know, when you said that word development, it really triggered some things as far as, as, you know, these guys are coming here and they're getting better. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, like I said, you can't get stuck on a number. You know, it's nice, right? It, to get recognition for your program from recruiting services and those things, hey, it is, it's absolutely nice. But you got to get the right kids. And in 23 years at all different kinds of schools, right? Uh, I've had a lot of different kids come for a lot of different reasons and you've got to be on the same page. If you're not, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a problem. You know, they're not going to be happy. You're not going to be happy. It just is, it's not going to work out like it could. And you ask these guys to work so hard. You have to have that trust and you have to be on the same page. So, you know, I've, you just learn over the years, you know, through the good and the bad that you got to get the right kind of kids. Now, certainly they have to have talent. If you're going to compete in the Big Ten, you're going to have to have talent, okay? But once you decide you've got a kid, like, hey, you know, he, he's got the skill sets that we like. He's naturally aggressive. He can move his feet. He works hard. You know, any of these things that you look for, then, then hey, you know, let's, let's get that guy, you know, and, and, and be sold on him, be, you know, excited for him. And, and that's certainly what we try to do is um, do a good job up front and, and find the, identify the kids, I guess, that, that fit that mold. And so we certainly hope that's the case for all of these, these guys. Corey, you had some thoughts on that the other day. Mm-hmm. I did. You know, you, you stick around the sport long enough, everybody's got a story of, of somebody who had all the talent in the world in high school and then didn't see it quite translate at college because of that work ethic development, maybe, maybe they had some tendencies to rely on, you know, what they did best instead of working on things that they needed to do better. Um, and, and it just doesn't work out for them. Uh, uh, so much of that, we've talked a ton about culture this year, you know, mm-hmm. and, and in years past and, and putting that, you know, making sure that that's the number one thing around the program is building the right type of culture. But 
a large component of that is building the right type of room, right? You've got to have uh, uh, that daily reminder, that hourly reminder that this is how we do things. And, and to me, I'm wondering, you know, when you're putting together a class of eight guys, seven guys, nine guys every year, how do you make sure that you're building the right type of room? Well, I, I don't, that's not easy, man. That is a, see, that is a great question because the answer is so long and deep possibly. Right. Um, you don't ever stop evaluating, um, you know what I mean? Your, your kids, you know, because if you do, if you ever start sleeping on it, you're going to miss some things. And so you can't, you just, so there's never a time when you're not evaluating that, you know, how are they fitting in with the culture, the work ethic, the mindset, um, both as individuals and for the team. Because if you have guys who are, uh, you know, strained from that, they'll pull people with them, you know what I mean? And then you're off, nobody agrees on what they're doing or you have, you know, discontent. So it's something you don't ever stop doing. You know, it, it, I mean, it's daily. You're, you're thinking about it and you're evaluating it. And, uh, and things change, you know, uh, we've talked before that every year, you know, next year we're going to return a large part of this team, right? I mean, we're only going to drop, you know, a couple handful of guys, but it's still going to be a hugely different dynamic because of leadership, because of experiences, you know, Kendall Coleman's going to be a different guy mm-hmm. next year than he was. Okay. But it's our job to still make sure that he stays coachable, that he stays humble, you know, and he will, he's a good kid, but, but those are the things you're watching for, you know, that, that you keep your head on straight, that you keep your work ethic where it needs to be, that you're, you stay passionate or hungry for the sport, you know, that you, you're finding, cause it might be a different way you motivate yourself. So it's always just kind of are things working with who we have, you know, and, and you miss, you know, I mean, you miss mm-hmm. you, everybody, you make mistakes and that doesn't mean they're a bad kid or you haven't done a good job. You didn't do what, you know, what needed to be done. It means the fit wasn't exactly what you thought it should be or what, you know, what it you know, would be. And so, you know, that's why you sometimes you'll see a young man leave, you know, for a better situation or something at all schools, you know, look at the transfer portal, you know, these days. So um, it doesn't mean you're doing a bad job. It just means the fit, maybe it wasn't what you had hoped it would be, but, but you you never sleep on it. You never stop, you know, and, and so, you know, you, you do your best. I mean, I, I get, you know, I, uh, the, the things that keep me from sleeping well at night is sometimes you miss a kid and he goes to another school and you're like, man, what did we do? Why couldn't we get him? How did we miss? You know what I mean? Did we handle something wrong? Did we not communicate in the right ways? And you, you lose sleep over these things. But then sometimes down the road, you figure out, oh, yeah, he was looking for this. And it wasn't what we wanted. You know, he wanted this and we needed that. So um, it, you see that a lot of times it works out. When it, it's more often than not to work out is – you just took a number. Yeah. Take him. He's good. He's the best kid remaining. Take him. Well, man, you, you make a snap decision and you don't do your homework. Then you got more problems, you know, yeah. and, and it's hard enough already to, to, uh, to evaluate young men, you know what I mean? In that time of their lives, it's just hard, you know? So. Yeah. That reminds me of, I was reading a book a long time ago about when the new England, new England Patriots first became the, the dynasty that we know um, and, and one of the groundbreaking philosophies that they had in, in the football world was you, when you're drafting a player, you draft him for your system and you don't 
judge your choice based on how that player did somewhere else. Right. So if, if, if they take Tom Brady and they say, well, 31 other teams passed on Tom Brady. Well, Tom Brady works for them. Tom Brady doesn't necessarily work in Chicago or Detroit or Minnesota uh, with different systems. Just like, you know, if you miss on somebody, well, you didn't take that person because he was looking for something else. He, you know, didn't fit your team and your need at that time. It doesn't matter that he went and became a three-time All-American. If you already had two guys at that weight, you had to make the choice for you. And there's no saying he would have been a three-time All-American for you because it, it, it's just, it's unfair to judge it like that. Yeah. And there's, I mean, you know, part of the great thing about wrestling is there's a lot of ways to win, right? There's just a ton of ways. And if you look at, you know, I could just use, you know, something like Oklahoma state, you know, John Smith approaches the sport vastly different than Tom Brands, you know, mm -hmm. or than Kale Sanderson or Tony Ursland or who, you know, whoever name all, you know, every division one head coach, they're not all going to approach it the same way. Mm -hmm. And like I said, if you're not on the same page, you don't have that trust. You don't have that communication. It's, it's tougher to move forward, you know, and, and obviously uh, trust takes time. It's not something easy, but man, if you guys uh, um, identify with each other right off the bat about, you know, how you want to compete, how you want to train and you know, those, those things are solid between the two of you, man, you know, you're going to start off strong and, and have your best chance to succeed and grow the way you want to. Well, the reality of this all is, is that um, <clears throat> while it's great to, to have these guys signed and have them here and, and ready to go, uh, the recruiting game never stops. <laughs> we are already well on uh, working on our class of 2021. Um, we've got a couple, a uh, couple guys, you know, we can't talk about them yet, but we got a couple guys that have, that have uh, pledged a commitment to us, and we're, we're really excited about those guys. And uh, we got a few more guys, you know, that we're, we're still working on. But, um, you know, that we're, we're already, you know, especially with the new rules as far as, you know, is it, has it been two years that they've opened up? Um, they've opened up the yeah. junior and what you yeah. can do. And so uh, it's been good to, to get ahead of the game there and, and, and get some of these guys on track to, to being Boilermakers. No, no doubt. Um, you know, we obviously can't uh, say names right now, but, you know, we have two outstanding kids uh, already verbal to us, and they've been great, really excited already to, you know, get them here. You know, we've got another year to go, but uh, we think they're outstanding young men and in more ways than just one. I mean, both good students, you know, both, you know, um, character-wise, you know, they all meet what we're talking about. So to have two really uh, tremendous talents with the, the kind of character and kids they are already in the barn is great. Uh, we'd like to probably go out and find a, a couple more here, you know, in that class. Um, you know, I would say in the next, you know, you're, you're looking in the next three, four months, probably, you know, you want to try to get, get things done in the next three, four, if you can, before you really get busy in your season. But um, yeah, I, I think I like where we're at. Um, I certainly don't feel like we're behind, you know, some years, you know, you miss on a, on a few things or something and you, you maybe feel like you're behind, but I feel like we're right where we need to be. And we have some other outstanding juniors that, that we're, that we're recruiting very aggressively right now and, and hoping to have them come aboard, like I said, by the fall. So, um, you know, interesting time with trying to recruit as we've talked about in quarantine and still maintain, you know, uh, your, your presence out there. But, but um, I like where we're at. We're, like I said, we're certainly not behind. If anything, we're, we're ahead and, and feel good about this class already. You know, I, uh, 
the, I think the thing that, you know, everything you said about these two guys we have committed is, is, is awesome. Um, I have found it in, incredible of like, they are already really, really strong ambassadors for the program. Cool. Like I see, I see those guys out on social media and they're, they are flying the Purdue flag every chance they get. They, uh, they are, they are really bought in and they are, you know, they're about, they're about building, they're about building for the future. So I think that's, uh, it's really exciting to see, to see guys that are that, that in that they're, they're, they're bought in at that level already. Yeah. I think, um, you know, we, we talk a lot this year about the team aspect as well, right? It's not just the individual stuff and, and, and our team here, you know, and the guys that are committed and coming, they want to be on a good team, you know? And so they, they are our best recruiters. They can speak to the culture of the program and what it's like to be here and work daily. And then that kind of filters in through the recruits and it just helps you build, right? It helps you build momentum and they are, they're great ambassadors um, for Purdue wrestling and in its future. I also think it's been crazy. Um, we keep talking to other people and they're like, Oh, I know him. I, I know. Yeah. We, we know each other. Like it seems like they know everybody, which is crazy. Wrestling's a family. I mean, yeah. you, you guys know this. I'm thinking about every person who probably is listening to this with us understands what I'm saying. Uh, it's a family, man. It's a small group, you know, and um, you know, every, people are tight. You know, people are tight. We run in the same circles. And so that's certainly uh, no different with, um, you know, with our recruits. You know, Travis Ford Melton's a guy, right? I mean, that guy. Travis knows uh, everybody. A lot of people he knows is, is funny to me. I just laugh all the time. Now anymore, I just, I'm, I'm almost making up names to see if he knows them. <laughs> but, um, you know, I got to test him. I got to test him. I got to keep him honest. But, uh, no, it's, it is. These kids are so tied in through their social media that it, it's, it's crazy. And, and it does. It speaks to the wrestling family, you know. And, and I, I'll say this. I didn't even tell you guys about this, but I, I'll bring it up because, um, you know, when we talk about family, um, you know, Dan McCool, who was a uh, wrestling beat writer, sports writer for Des Moines, uh, passed away this week on Monday. And, and uh, you know, never more evident uh, how much of a family this is than this week watching, you know, my social media timelines. I mean, Dan was a great man and grew up, you know, he was Clary and I when I was humble, same conference, right? North Central Conference. And he and I would talk off, often, you know, when he was writing a book or just about wrestling when I got back to Iowa. So uh, I, I wanted to bring that up just because I've been thinking about Dan a lot and he's done a tremendous amount for the sport not just in Iowa but around the nation so uh when when we start talking about it being a family and knowing people that just kind of clicked over to my head so uh give a big rest you know rest in peace to Dan and and everything he did for the sport but still speaks to the kind of family that we have in wrestling as as you know that topic kind of came up it's been incredible on social media to watch the homages to to Dan and and to you know, his legacy in the sport. It's, it's been pretty cool. You know, a lot, you know, I didn't, I didn't know him, but like, I know a lot of people who did and uh, have had really incredible things to say about him. Yeah. Huge, uh, huge guy. You guys see him. He usually had a beard, but he's a huge guy. And um, you know, what was great about Dan and I know we're kind of going off here, but um, I just got me thinking the last few days for sure. Uh, you know, he could tell you the best places to eat when you were out recruiting the state tournaments or the national tournaments or whatever it was, the man could point you in the direction of the right place to eat. And I love that. Every time I was going somewhere, I'd be like, Dan, where do I got to go? 
and he, and he never failed me. So, Love it. um, just, yeah, a, a big guy with a big heart and, uh, yeah, he was, he, he was a good dude. So, um, just one, another one of those good people in the family. For sure. Well, that's, you know, we, we, we went off on a path, but that's a good one to go on. Yeah, so, for sure. Glad you brought that up. Um, class of 22 becomes available to us here very, very soon. Um, June 15th, we can start communicating yep. electronically with those guys. Um, you know, we get, I, I know that you can speak to this a little more, but, you know, we got some guys who are really excited to start talking to. Yeah, really strong class. I mean, there's, there's it's a great class. There's a lot of good kids, deep talent, and and some kids that are close to home, right? That that we really want. Um, so um, we're gonna be, you know, we're gonna uh, be uh, running hot and heavy come June fifteenth and and into the fall with that group as well. So, you know, you don't ever sleep on recruiting. You know, and it, and it will it will be interesting. I mean, I know we're talking about those some of those really talented kids right now, right? I mean, we're talking about some really strong talent. They've done a lot of things already, but it's going to be interesting. And I don't know if we're going to still have uh, you know junior and cadet nationals, you know, in in July. Normally, that's what we have. I think USA Wrestling is going to have a a call next week that we can all jump on a zoom call and, and they're going to kind of let us know what their plans are in 20 and 21, you know, with scheduling. So we'll find out more then, but you know, you've really got to be doing your homework right now and, and in, into the fall on these young guys, because some of them we won't have seen very much. Now, now people that are closer to, you know, um, Purdue, obviously we've seen, you know, we've just seen whether it's been state tournaments or, you know, um, you know, regional tournaments or whatever, you know, we will have a handle on that, but, but, really evaluating kids and, and do they fit your system is going to be um, key, I think, because you won't have had as many opportunities from the summer schedule being cut to evaluate them from a competitive standpoint. So it's going to be really interesting, you know, I think for, for all of us and how you evaluate and what you're going to rely on for who fits your program and, and, and weight class needs and those kinds of things. It's going to be an interesting summer. So home business with 20, uh, 2022s, that that starts August 1st. Is that correct, Coach? Yeah, yeah. Once we get to August, we can we can sit down with them face-to-face. -face, uh, but obviously, you know, from a standpoint of calling them, you know, uh, texting, calling, those kinds of things, that, that will start June 15. You know, I, was talking to somebody, I was talking to somebody about it uh, the other day, and, you know, they were talking about the whole the social distancing and the, the stay-at-home orders, stuff like that. And, and as Indiana starts to, to loosen up a little bit, um, you know, somebody was like, well, what happens if August 1st, if we can't go see these kids? Like, well, you know, if we can't have you in a home visits, like where are we going to be type of deal? And I cracked the joke that, you know, if, if we couldn't be at some of these houses, these kids' houses on August 1st, Tony was going to be in their front lawn with a boom box, like say anything, you know, like yeah. tell how much he wants them to come to Purdue. I'll, I'll observe social distancing from their lawn. That's cool. You know what I mean? I, we can make that happen, you know, as long as rules permit travel. So I'm down for whatever, um, you know, you, you can't get where you want to be without outworking people. And so it's going to find ways that can, how can we outwork people? You know what I mean? And, and make that happen. It means you got to do it. You got to take a, take your own lawn chair and sit in their driveway. You're on board, right? Yeah, I guess so. That that might be that could be a crazy scene. You know, you bring that up. I hadn't thought much about it, but yeah, I I'd do it. I'd do it. Whatever it takes, right? 
If you told me it got the right kid, sure. That's what I was going to say. There's going to be a tiered list of, okay, who would I, who would I do the say anything boombox for? Uh-huh. Do- <laughs> well, I mean, listen, you, you had Harbaugh, right, uh, at Michigan a few years ago sleeping over at kids' houses. Yep. So, yep. I mean, I don't think me camping out on the lawn is going too far. I totally agree. Right. There you go. <laughs> We can get you a Purdue tent and set up, set yes. up shop. Yes. Oh, fly the flag. I mean, yeah. Heck, I I even got a quarantine mask that says Purdue on it right now. You so know, I, you're we, all we're, set. We're, you're ready we're to go. Great. No matter what happens, we're good to go. Absolutely, we're ready. So, um, <clears throat> Corey, you got anything else for this week? A couple small things. I I didn't want the week to go by without having. Um, a chance you talked about Dan McCool and, and his passing, but uh, the Purdue world lost a, a great supporter in John Nine late last week, and I know he was yes. a big time, big time Purdue wrestling guy. That's actually how I first got to meet him was through wrestling, not through uh, uh, basketball or football. And uh, just yeah, just a, a few minutes, to t- a few seconds to talk about John and, and his impact. No, I'm I'm really glad you brought that up. Um, John was, you know, he reached out right away. I can remember sitting in my office um, the first week I was here, and he he just was on campus as he often is, and stopped in to say hi and introduce himself, and just a very kind, you know, caring guy, you know, and that and remained that way for the last, you know, six years. Just, you know, uh, a guy who was interested in the boys and how they were doing. And he, he'd come to practice on occasion or, you know, and had a chance to sit in John with his, his box at a football game here a few times. And just, just a super caring, gentle, nice guy who always wanted the best for you and the boys. And he knew the boys. You know, it wasn't like it was always just from a distance, although he was never, you know, like a front and center person. But, you know, he, like I said, he knew the guys and what they were doing and, you know, what they majored in and uh, it just, just a super guy. And, and we'll always remember him welcoming me to the family, um, you know, with just such a, you know, right from the get go. I just, I, I couldn't say enough about, about him. And I know everybody, uh, you know, the tweets you saw this week, John and Bombay Sapphire at Harry's, you know, or, you know, or I can remember just sitting down at uh, Starbucks every once in a while. If I was making my way to Indianapolis, I'd swing by and have, meet him at a Starbucks and and have a coffee with him. He loved. I think I think it usually is like three or four shots in a in a cup, and you know, he was he was good to go. So Let it. Good, good, yeah, but, good to uh, go for thirty six hours. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but again, thoughts and prayers to his family. But, uh, yeah, super ambassador, obviously, for Purdue. But even more, I'll just remember how he welcomed me to uh, Purdue and, and kind of how he was just a, such a kind and, and caring guy. It's been a tough time to uh, – it's been a tough time to lose people, you know, with, with the social distancing and, and whatnot. And, you know, people can't go to hospitals and people can't go to, you know, to, to nursing homes to see, you know, elder people that have, that have you know – you know, not even people that have gotten sick from, from the coronavirus, but just, they, they just, they're just older and they, you know, right. they've, they've, they're, yep. they're late life and they're having health issues and, you know, it's their time to go. Um, it's been really hard for, for families and loved ones. Yeah. And, and we've had a couple losses, obviously in the coaching ranks here as well, you know, close to us. And so, you know, obviously those people are all in our thoughts and prayers at this time, not, uh, not coronavirus related. Um, right. Um, but, but certainly, you know, as you said, it's tough times right now with quarantine and you can't be there necessarily for them all the time. So, um, but, 
but uh, been, you know, it's been great to see how people have responded. You know what I mean? To two people that have gone through tough things, uh, losses and tough times. It's, there's been a, a great response from uh, many of the Boilermaker faithful and, and, and other people. So that, that's been a good, a good thing, I think, though, to see the response and people rally together uh, has been really good, uh, I think, for us. Life is a team sport. Nobody, uh, nobody gets as far as we want to go by ourselves, right? No, that's well said. Life is a team sport. I like it. I'm probably going to have to use that. Please do. On the flip side of things, getting getting happy now after uh, after the last couple minutes. Big day at the Ursuline household today. Uh, oh, yeah. Share share a little bit of uh, the madness that's going on in your world. <laughs> yes, the uh, the twins, Mason and Jackson, are ten today, or as they say, double digits, baby. So uh, yeah, the double digits, um, and. Uh, we told them we could not start celebrating until 7.15 at the earliest. So I know they were up early. They were dressed and, and, and literally waiting, you know, doing the toe tap <laughs> over your shoulder kind of a thing. Uh, and so we, we were up 7.15 um, out the door uh, trying out some birthday gifts. And, uh, and then they've had some calls from, you know, from uh, various people in the family. So they're, they're bouncing off the walls. And awesome. I am still assembling some things. And then you guys got to understand, I am not that guy. I'm not <laughs> handy in any way, shape or form. It's, it's just a fact of life for me. So um, it's been tough morning for me because I'm trying to still assemble things. I literally walked in here thinking I was going to be late to our, to our call because I was trying to put something together for Mason and it wasn't working out for me. So um, if you guys want to talk for about another six or seven hours, that'd be great. <laughs> That I'm not. I'm not going back to uh, trying to reassemble this thing. By but, then, uh, he, he will have figured it out himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, it's, it's, there's going to be birthday cake and ice cream today, and it's you know looks like we got a great day to be outside. So we'll enjoy the rest of the day with the boys and uh, and have a little fun. Enjoy it. Thank you. Uh, happy birthday to Mason Jackson. Uh, that probably just about does it for this week. Yeah, I think we're good. Uh, big guest on tap for next week. We'll tease that and let you know uh, later on, a few days from now, on social media once we get that all lined out. But uh, until then, for Coach Joseph, for Tanner, and Corey, thanks for joining us. Roll it up. Thanks, guys. <laughs>